The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. News when you need it. Fun when you want it. This is the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad. Hey, Chadville. What do you use to keep track of all of your passwords? Trying to just had to reset a whole bunch of passwords, and and now I can't f- remember what works what. Do you have a, a good app that you need a password for to remember? Let me know at six thirty six thirty. Just pounding my head against the wall right now. All right, you guys, as you're we're, we're shifting gears because it's something that I'm really interested in, and I hope you are too, or at least willing to learn a little bit more about. As you're sitting around the campfire, or maybe the fire table in your backyard, and there will be a lot of you doing that this weekend, do you ever catch sight of a bat? A bat. Do you like them? Are you scared of them? Do you want to know more about them? Well, if so, our next guest is the perfect guy. Corey Olson is a wildlife biologist, a bat specialist, and the program coordinator for the Alberta Community Bat Program. Welcome to the show, Corey. Thank you for having me. Okay, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. A friend of mine sent me an article uh, on the BAT program, and I, I, I was fascinated, wanted to learn more about it. I think BATs are cool. I'm a little leery of them, but just because I don't have enough knowledge about them. Maybe we can start with you telling us what the BAT program is. Well, the program began um, a couple years ago. Um, we began our first full year last year. And what we're trying to do is engage Alberta or the Alberta public, so ordinary people, uh, towards the goal of bat conservation. Um, many of our bats, um, two of our most common species, in fact, uh, use buildings uh, quite a lot during the summer for raising their pups. And it's to the point now where that's probably the majority of where they're roosting during the summer. Um, in many areas of Alberta. So clearly, if we want to protect our bat populations, we need to engage the public. And we've been uh, delivering a number of different programs. So we have a variety of events uh, across Alberta. Um, we're developing some guidelines on how to manage bats in buildings. And we have a citizen science program where we're trying to encourage the public to submit their observations of bats and bat roosts in Alberta. Okay, I want to talk to you a little bit more about those coming up, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about, you talked about there's two main kind of species of bats in this province. Tell us about them. What should we know about them? Or should we should we be worried or afraid of them? Because I think a lot of people are, are freaked out by bats. Yeah, there's really no reason to be afraid of the bats we have in the province. Uh, there are nine different species in Alberta, um, possibly more. Um, and there are two most likely species to be in buildings would be the little brown bat and the big brown bat. Okay. And the little brown bat is endangered in Canada because oh. of a disease that's spreading across the country. Uh, that's not in Alberta yet, so it's still our most common species. And this one, um, in buildings, it can form colonies of over 1,000 individuals, oh. um, but more likely in the neighborhood of 100. Okay. Um, why should we like bats, Corey? Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't like bats, but increasingly uh, there are quite a few people that can uh, appreciate this group. Uh, they're the, in most areas, they're the number one predator of insects that are out flying at night. Uh, it's been estimated that in North America, their value to for, for 
controlling agricultural pests is over three, uh, $3.7 billion um, in North America. And a single, a single little brown bat, for example, can eat over 2,000 mosquito-sized insects in a single night. So if you imagine that a colony in a building, potentially numbering 1,000 individuals, uh, that could be tens of millions of, uh, of insect pests. Uh, oh, being wow. consumed by that colony per year. So a bat house, if you've got mosquitoes bat in your backyard, a bat house could go a long way to helping with that instead of using that those chemical-causing, smelly agents that, uh, that a lot of us do use. Yeah, it can provide some much-needed habitat for them. Um, in areas where there's lots of, of humans living, uh, their, some of their natural roosting habitat has, tends to have been lost over time. Mm-hmm. Um, the bat houses can provide some of the replacement habitat for their natural roosts that oh, okay, so have we, gone missing. We know that you know more and more folks are using bat houses, but traditionally, where do bats live? Do, do they tuck up in, inside of a shed or on, on, under you know some, I don't know, the side of the house or side of a building or that sort of thing? Or are they still making their homes in trees, anything like that? Well, it's a variety of different things. Uh, traditionally, before people came to North America, uh, they would have roosted primarily in trees, and where available, they would be in deep rock crevices. So uh, mm-hmm. it could be deep crevices in the sides of a river bank or even erosion holes that form in the soil on in eroded habitat. Um, but trees in most areas would be the primary area that they're roosting. And these tend to be really large trees. They tend to have lots of decay, sloughing bark, cracks, okay. woodpecker holes. And then they would they would crawl inside those holes, and then they would roost. And one tree, um, for example, can house over. I've found one almost uh, holding four hundred different. Wow! Bats. Wow! Uh, yeah. So these these trees they tend to be quite decayed. So in areas with lots of people, uh, they are often cut down for yeah. safety reasons before they become suitable for bats. And in that case, bat houses can provide some important habitat. Uh, but in areas where they can get into buildings, yeah. um, those provide some of the highest quality habitat for bats. Um, it's the building colonies that tend to get up upwards of a thousand individuals in some cases. Oh my gosh! Uh, they tend to have really warm environments. They support uh, lots of different uh, different bats. Like what and kind of well protected from predators? What kind of buildings? Are like a house, a, a cabin, or? Well, they can't get into a building unless uh, there's already already a defect in the building. So okay. it needs to be some kind of structure that that hasn't been maintained properly or okay. that has a defect. So around the eaves of a building that has that has fallen into disrepair, they can quite often crawl through there and get into the attic or under the shutters of a house or into the chimney or okay. basically any anything that they can. Exp- get into though. Corey Olson into Corey Olson joining me on the phone this afternoon. He's a wildlife biologist, a bat specialist, a, the program coordinator for the Alberta Community Bat Program, which is really trying to um, educate Albertans and Canadians about bats and certainly about bat conservation. How did you get interested in bats, Corey? Well, I got started when I did my graduate program a few years back. Um, I I put little tiny radio transmitters onto the backs of bats and followed them to their um, where they were roosting, which was in that case mostly trees. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been um, fascinated by this group. There's not a lot known about them in um, in many cases. Um, and before I started studying them, they were kind of this mysterious group that uh, I didn't really understand well. 
so it's been it's been an exciting time learning about them. When you're sitting around the fire and or you know whatever it is, and you see kind of, every once in a while you'll see something go flying by. Um, you know they're not trying to dive bomb us or anything like that, are they? They're not bats. Bats don't want to be near people, do they? Well, bats uh, they don't want to be uh, they don't want to be in contact with people. Uh, they actually quite like foraging around people's heads because people atta- attract. Uh, mosquitoes and other biting insects that they're feeding on. So if you're at a campfire, uh, you're quite often by a lake. Uh, there's lots of old trees around. So there's actually, in in m- many cases, there's there's thousands of bats around, and they're 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 coming near people or animals, um, trying to catch their insects. Yeah, if if I could even tell you, Corey, how many um, Batman quotes I'm getting right now on my text line, I'm, I'm, you probably would not be surprised, but I'm actually chuckling quite a bit here with some of this. Um, a couple of questions coming in, and I know this is something that we wanted to address anyway, um, but this one came in. It says, I have bats in our cabin. I need to know how we can get them safely to roost somewhere else. I know they, they are great to eat mosquitoes, but I want them gone. Well, I can perfectly understand. In some cases, they're certainly creating a mess. Um, in some cases, they don't need to be removed. Uh, uh, if they're not actually getting into the building, so if they're not getting into the attic or under the side or, or into a sensitive area of the house, uh, sometimes they're just roosting on the outside of the house, in which case just putting a plant pot to collect the guano um, mm-hmm. can solve most of the problem. Uh, but if the bats are in some area where you don't want them, like the attic or something like that, uh, what we recommend is that people wait until later in September or October. And most bats should have left on their own by that time. So they need to go somewhere warm uh, to hibernate during the winter. Okay. Uh, so they'll typically leave um, on their own. And then if, if anyone wants to do repairs at that time, they don't risk trapping bats inside their home. They, don't, they won't have these decomposing bats. Uh, trapped in the walls okay. of their home that will create uh, unpleasant odors. And one of the reasons, you do want um, to wait because you don't want to disrupt any of the baby bats, any of the pups, right? Yes. Anyone attempting to uh, evict bats earlier in the year, especially that May, June, July period, risks trapping those bats inside the walls. Mm. The pups the pups can't leave on their own, um, so any if you you might be able to kick out the adults, but the pups will quite often be left behind, and they'll just uh, die and uh, be trapped in the in the building if repairs are done at this time of year. Okay, and, it, you and know, go ahead. A single a single uh, or one bat really only gives birth to one pup per year, and not until their second or third year. Mm. Uh, so when we lose large numbers of bats in building colonies, it can take several decades for for that to for that colony to recover. Did want to talk to you about um, about bat houses. I know more and more people are interested in having a bat house. I know I have been for a very very long time. Just had a text that says if I want to put up a bat house to help with bugs, um, how do I get bats? attracted to it. This person says, I'm not sure if I even have bats around. So what's your advice on the bat houses? Well, my first advice would be to go to our webpage, albertabats.ca. We have designs um, linked on our site for building bat houses. We have a number of different designs. And we also have recommendations for how to install them. And some of the key ones, uh, we recommend the bat houses be painted black. Bats like it really hot, and and black will absorb more sunlight and it'll uh, stay warm during the day. Okay. Uh, we also recommend that it uh, be mounted in a really sunny location, so a southern aspect or at least an eastern or western aspect. Yeah. 
and at least three to four meters above the ground. Okay. Uh, so it need, and it needs to open into clear flight space. Bats don't perch, so you don't want that bat house to have any kind of perch. The only thing that'll perch on that is uh, their predators. Okay, like so or something like that. So is it best to have um, a, a bigger bat house? I know that my brother used to have one in his backyard, and it looked fairly small. I, I, I'm not sure if it maybe it was like a a solo apartment bat house. I, I don't I don't know what it was, um, but I've seen other ones where like a whole like dozens of bats are living in. What would you recommend? Well, I, we recommend larger houses. Uh, the smaller ones are more likely to overheat and potentially stress the bats. So we're recommending larger bat houses um, with multiple chambers inside. Uh, that'll provide the greatest range of conditions that'll that'll help them on depending on what the weather conditions are like from night to night. Okay. And you have to keep in mind that naturally bats would have roosted, the bats that occupy bat houses would have roosted in trees, and those, as I mentioned, can have up to 400 bats. So a little tiny bat house that's bought at a hardware store is probably not going to be what they really need to support maternity colonies. Okay. Um, Someone was wondering about rabies and bats. Is there anything to worry about that here in Alberta, Corey? Well, rabies is uh, definitely a serious disease. Um, If someone comes in contact with a rabid animal and they don't receive treatment afterwards, it can be fatal, or actually it usually is fatal if they don't receive treatment. Uh, But most bats do not have rabies. Very few bats in Alberta have rabies. In most areas, it's going to be under 1%. Uh, But it is very serious, so we recommend that people never handle bats with their bare hands, um, and it's best to just avoid contact with bats altogether. And if they do need to move a bat, such as if it gets into the living space of a home, then we're recommending thick leather gloves and to move it with another object like a bat box or something like that. Okay, um, going back to the bat house question again, so many questions. Um, Mm. If you put a bat house up, it's like if you build it, will they come? Well, that's, uh, that's variable. They're not birdhouses. If you put up a birdhouse, it's almost certainly going to be occupied by something, even if it's just a house sparrow or a starling. Uh, bat houses are a little bit more variable. They need to be installed in the right kind of area. They like to be not too far from water. They like to be near trees, especially old trees, because those are, those are the areas that are providing drinking water and insects to eat. Okay. Having said that, most most community human communities are near... Uh, riparian areas, which are some yeah. of the highest quality bat habitat in the province. Huh. So live, they can quite often yeah. be successful in urban areas. Yeah, I live not far from a, a, a really lovely riparian wetland uh, down in the river valley, so I'm like thinking that my bat house might be successful. Corey, can you hold on for a couple of minutes? I need to get some commercials out of the way, but we wanted to talk about um, the Citizen Science Academy uh, as well. So a couple more questions. Do you mind? Yeah, I'll be here. Awesome. You're listening to the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Corey Olson is a wildlife biologist, a bat specialist. He's the program coordinator for the Alberta Community Bat Program. And I knew that Chadville would love this interview because we're getting all sorts of questions about bats coming in. And Corey, before we get to the Citizen Science Academy, uh, one of my listeners, Amarfis, says, can you ask, uh, Corey, how far near water is? We have a creek about 300 metres from our farmhouse. In the evening, we see bats sometimes when we sit by the fire. We're thinking about getting a house for them. Um, is that close enough to the water? Would they, does it sound like a good habitat for them? 
Uh, that sounds like a really great habitat. Um, anywhere, anything under a half kilometer from water would be more than sufficient. But even if you're farther, they can they can travel several kilometers in a night. So okay. it's quite possible they they would still use an area. Do bats come back to the same place every year? Uh, typically, so bats do have a pretty strong. Um, loyalty to roosts once they find one they like so they'll come back year after year and bats in alberta can live um, almost to 40 years old really uh so that's that's a long time so some of those old houses that were that have that have bat colonies that haven't been evicted for several decades they could have the same bats coming back year after year and probably multiple generations by that point isn't that something else okay tell us about the citizen science academy yeah, so the Citizen Science Program, Program is something we began a couple years ago, uh, but this year we developed a new partnership with um, another organization, um, Neighborhood Bat Watch, so batwatch.ca. And what we're encouraging people to do is to log on to that site, um, create an account, and then they can report their roost observations or even just an observation of a bat flying around their house. Hmm. And we're hoping that over time we can collect more and more information about the types of sites that bats are using for roosting. And we can use that for monitoring bat populations and to better understand their habitat needs. And one of the cool things that we can now do uh, just these last few years is we can determine what species are occupying a building by sending a sample of their guano, so bat poop, Mm Uh, to a laboratory and they can use some genetic techniques to determine what species that is. So now we can get information from the public uh, that is actually usable because we can determine what species that belongs to. So that website again is batwatch.ca. Yeah, and information on submitting a guano sample, if people wanted to go to uh, albertabats.ca slash citizen science, there will be information on how to submit a guano sample. Yeah, and you know what? There's all sorts of great information at the albertabats.ca website. You know, we were talking about the bat houses, what to do if you have bats at the house, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Great information. Corey Olson, I want to thank you for this today. I did not know that bats could live for 40 years. That is something else. Thank you so yeah, no much. Problem. Yeah, thank you. All right, take it easy. And also, you know what they do? Like bat walks, they'll go out at night and they'll take you to places and they have this transmitter thing because I guess their frequencies of communication much higher. Obviously, we can't hear them, but these machines can, so you can hear them as they're flying by. I just think that's really cool. Alberta bots, <laughs> Alberta bots, albertabats.ca. Check it out, friends. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.